Hello and welcome to the Feng Shui Society podcast. Join your host, Samantha Board, each month and explore the benefits of Feng Shui and beyond. Learn how to turn your home or office into a positive and tranquil environment using the ancient wisdom of Feng Shui. Anyone can benefit from Feng Shui, so please share this show with your friends and family. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode and find out what we are discovering. Hello and welcome to the Feng Shui Society podcast. We are on episode three and I am with Vicky Sweetlove today. Vicky is a space clearing earth alchemist and metaphysics consultant with over 23 years experience. Vicky, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for asking me to join you. It's, um, it's an honor to be here. And um, something I've been wanting to do with the Feng Shui Society for a long time. <laughs> Wonderful. Vicky, you've been, um, you've been with the Feng Shui Society for a very long time, haven't you? Can you tell us a little bit about how it was like when you first started? Uh, well, I wasn't there right at the very beginning. That was Gina Lazenby and Jan Chiswick and Richard Crightmore and many others that came in. I came in a little while afterwards um, when Jill Hale was still there. Um, I think Simon Brown was was there as well. So I was on the committee with him a few, quite a long time ago. So it is going back about 15 years, maybe more. What, so what inspired you to get into... Um... Feng Shui and space clearing? What it was, I was, um, I trained, I went around numerous Feng Shui people and what drew me the most was, was um, Robert Gray. He had the Feng Shui Academy many years ago in Buxton, but he's passed away now, uh, unfortunately, but he was an absolutely amazing teacher. But he also included other things like um, space clearing, working with the earth energies and geopathic stress and dowsing and electromagnetic fields. And that was the topic that drew me the most, first of all. And I went on to further training then to do, um, you know, the Bazi, the Compass Feng Shui. And I did my further training with Joey Yap in, in Malaysia. And um, I've never looked back because he's just an amazing teacher as well. Absolutely amazing. I mean, I'd recommend Joey Yap to, to anybody and everyone because he's very easygoing, very easy to learn from. And his consultants are amazing. Wonderful. And today you're going to be talking about trauma in the heart of the home. It's not exactly trauma in the heart of the home. What, what it is, is um, when people ask me to come and work on their houses, it's usually to, they've had some explained, unexplained um, things happen in their house. And it could be that they're going through a period of illness. It could be that they feel uneasy in the home or they've had some sudden bouts of bad luck, or they might even acknowledge that they're hearing voices, or there's, there's some strange goings on, so they don't feel happy with, with the home surroundings. So I always ask my client to send me um, a floor plan of the home, very similar to what you have on, on Rightmove or, or from your estate agents. And um, I have this floor plan to work with. I do the dowsing remotely on it. And on that, I've been finding that I pick up 
not only uh, the geopathic stress lines, but I'll pick up portals that are open. So those can be ghost gates. I'll pick up any energies where the Wi-Fi is within the home. And um, I did a talk, I think it was about 18 months ago for the Feng Shui Society, where I did explain in that talk, and it's on my YouTube channel at Vicky Sweetlove. Um, but it's on there that you can pick up all sorts of anomalies. And when people have health issues, it, they sometimes think, oh, it can be the geopathic stress because they've heard about underground water and how that can affect it. It can also be um, building renovations. It could be renovations that they've caused. It could be roadworks. It could be the underground in, the, in London City, for instance. It could be mining. Any sort of trauma to the earth, you know, where there's been battlegrounds, monasteries, murder sites, um, any type of trauma. So today's traumas obviously happen with electromagnetic fields energies because it doesn't resonate with the Earth's energies. Mm -hmm. So that was trauma within the home's energy and that's how it affects the heart home of the energy. Because the energy of the home, um, as I've worked with the energies, it's not just geopathic stress, but I pick up the chakras of the home. Mm -hmm. Like we have chakras on the body. Yep the home will also have chakras and an auric field. Mm -hmm. So that's when I say we're working with the heart energy of the home because it's picking up, okay, what's going on with the energy chakras of the home? What's happening here? And the spirit energy of the home, the heart, will actually speak to me and tell me. So when I'm map dowsing, I ask for permission to interact with the energy of the home. So I'm asking permission from Mother Earth, the elementals, and the energy of the home the heart and then when you get those permissions then it builds a picture up of what you can see around you and you'll see things in the landscape you'll see signs in the uh, home itself and it's the physical signs then that are the proof to what is happening in the home and to the people themselves mm -hmm. okay and when you when you connect to the home like where do you find that the heart of the home physically is usually? Is there a typical place where it tends to be? There isn't really a typical place, but it is sometimes where people gather in the mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. So it could be in the kitchen area, you know, where people gather in a hallway, in the living room. It's where people tend to sit and gather because they could feel the warmth and the energy of the mm -hmm. home. Mm -hmm. And also the heart can move about the house. You know, it can go where um, where it feels comfortable, as it were. Wow, that's really interesting. So it sounds like people are naturally drawn towards the heart of the home then. Not naturally. Some people don't even recognise the heart energy of the home. And that's why you have unhappy spaces. Mm -hmm. Because if mm -hmm. the home isn't loved and doesn't feel loved, it will naturally, um, how do you say, get mouldy in time. Mm -hmm. People won't clean it, they won't dust it, the house becomes in disrepair, you'll see cracks in the walls and window panes broken, mm -hmm. things don't work, the people in the house are generally unhappy and sad. Mm -hmm. so, so that's what you, you normally have. So people don't always necessarily connect with the heart energy of the home. If they don't love it, then the house will feel unloved. Mm -hmm. And you imagine how a person, when they feel unloved, unwanted and alone, yep. Yep. they go into themselves, don't they? They hide. Yes. And that's what the heart energy of the home will do. Mm -hmm. Is there... They do every day. 
Well, I do every day when, when I go out of my ho home, even coming now into my office space, I say, look after everything for me. Love you. <laughs> you know, and it might sound funny, but, you know, I know that that house loves me and I love it. That sounds like a really good thing to do um, to the house every day. Yeah, because it connects you. It connects you to your home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think thinking roof over your head you know you've got to think well this is this is my my space and love it absolutely i was just going to say it as you were saying um that yeah your home is more than just a roof over your head it you know it's a protection it's uh it's also the place where we feel completely ourselves and you've got to feel safe there because these days because we've been spending you know the last 18 months or so um well, not quite 18 months, it feels like that, but it's nearly 12 months now when we've been sort of shut away in our homes. And it is about learning to, to accept our space and, and be in there, love it, be creative and know how we can be in our space with that loving kindness and know that our house is providing that, that spirit energy that we need at this time, that support. Yeah, I think our homes now have definitely become more than just homes and and it's really nice to have you on this show because I think you will show people that there's so many different layers to the home. Well, that there is. Um, but also when I've been dowsing, you know, I've had a, a lady the other day, you know, she came to me and she said, um, I, ha I haven't any luck with a job. I'm feeling miserable ever since I've come here. The environment isn't very nice outside. The neighbors are not nice. They bang on the walls. They play too loud music. I don't have a garden space. And um, when I looked and mapped out at, at the energy of, of where she was living, there was three portal energies. Oh, wow. So she, she not only had, um, she had a heaven's gate, which was the angelic energy was there. So, so that was lovely. But she also had a, a portal that was allowing spirits to just come in and go. And when I looked, it was on like three crossing points of geopathic stress. So geopathic stress will act as, as walkways and roadways for spirits to travel along. And if there's a portal, they'll, they'll open, you know, come through the door, as it were, and pop into your home. Um, but they don't necessarily stay, but sometimes they can take things with them. So if you notice something's missing, you know, ask for it to be returned because um, otherwise they'll just take it into their real realm if they fancy it. So they can actually um, take physical things to the portal with them. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I've, I've, I've had things taken and I've had, <laughs> I've had to What did you get taken? <laughs> what, what, what was missing from your house? Um, I had a, a hat taken. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I've had, have had little things taken, but they've given me things in return. I found old screws, big old screws, and, and not even from this era. Wow. I think so, I'd rather have my hat returned, though, than an old screw. <laughs> yeah. So, so oh. do things like that. But um, so what I, I did then was I, was I worked remotely because obviously we can't go to site at the moment. So when I work remotely, I, I do um, a crystal grid on the floor plan of the home, uh, grid it all up, put a protective bubble around, around the home, 
uh, make the people aware of when I'm working. And then I'll work, work with the elementals, spiritual place and Mother Earth and ask what is needed to be done because it's not me that's doing it. You know, I'm just, um, how do you say, a channel, channel for the work yeah. that Earth would like, yeah. like to be done. So it's about communicating. And when you communicate and listen with your own heart and not your head, then the work will, will be attuned. And you've got to remember that the etheric world, although it is the etheric and spirit world, they still have a right to, to wander around if they want to. And it's not about sending them to the light if they don't want to go. It's about, okay, well, you, st you, st you can still wander in your etheric world, but not in this particular home. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's just about, you know, closing that doorway to them, as it were, but let them, let them be. Sure. Because they have a right to wander around. And also, um, when I'm working like that, there's usually also a ceremony um, of a gift to the land and the elementals to say thank you for them working with me as well. So I'll usually ask the client to do that and I'll ask them what it is. And in this particular case, um, the other day, um, the lady had to make um, <laughs> a runny boiled egg <laughs> and soldiers. And I'm thinking, soldiers, soldiers, oh, toast, it was toasted salt. So she wanted, the, yeah, the Mother Earth wanted, you know, to toasted soldiers and this boiled runny egg and milk and honey. And of course, Mother Earth provides milk and honey to, to us. So she wanted it returned. And um, also they, they like um, their gold coins, the elementals do particularly. So it's, it's all about giving them, you know, a copper penny, or something to say thank you because I remember um, when I was a small child, my mother always used to say to me, "Look, Vicky, you know, there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow with the leprechauns. They collect all the money from the people that the people have left out for them, and it's in that pot of gold. But you must never take it because it's theirs." Oh wow, that's so, really interesting. You know, it, yeah. So you know that when you're giving to the elementals, it's for their pot of gold. Yeah. Wow. that they can use and do good with so um but it is very interesting and then when this young young lady went out to do her offering she really um enjoyed it she said i've never felt so good in all my life she said for a long time since i've come to live in this place can i go out there and do it again i said you can make an offering anytime you like because you're blessing your space at the same time but you're also giving thanks yep to your home and to the land that it sits on. So um, she was really pleased. I'm, I'm glad that that happens. Yeah, no, been... that sounds really nice. You mentioned about portals earlier. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Are they always negative and how do they affect um, the occupants in the home? No, they're, they're not always negative. That's, that's the problem. It's been very unusual lately because it's not just this lady I had uh, this week, but I had another case last week as well. Um, where I had an angelic, uh, an angelic um, portal opened. So you had this angel realm, you know, who's what's looking after the land, as it were, that was there. But also they had two other portals, which was um, one that came out into the gardens because there can be an in, an in and out doorway. So you can have an indoor that comes into maybe your shower in the house or in the bedroom where you sleep. And then there'll be an outside one in the garden. And that's what I found. But near the outside one in the garden, there was this angelic uh, portal as well. 
So the angelic uh, real realms were looking after the land and the people. But um, it was about closing those other two portals first, working with the angelic realms so that they could do their work and work with the land elementals, and then um, closing that realm as well, because they don't want to be, you know, having people or anything coming in and out of their realm. Because it means that if you leave that portal open for the angelic realms, then they can be disturbed when they don't I need see. to be. I see. Wow. This is all so interesting. I think I've got so many questions running through my head right now, but yeah. we, we're, we're, we're going to keep this, you know, in, in, in the correct time. Um, are you always able to clear um, energies remotely or, was this, or are there some things that you have to do in person? I prefer to be on site personally, because then I can do a proper space clearing ceremony and um, so when I do the map dowsing, I can then go into the person's property, tell them what I'm going to do in the ceremony. And it, it starts by basically uh, clearing the space, which can be with clapping or a drum. I love to use a drum these days to, to, to bang the energy up, let them know that I'm coming. It's like banging the, the bounds like, like the, the farmers used to do when they used to bang the drum around the boundaries of their farm before they sowed the seeds for the year. So it's very much letting the house know that, okay, my intention is I want to clear the energy for this coming year. So then after that, um, I will do um, a smudging and a, a sage or whatever people like. Sometimes frankincense, I think, is very nice. I love frankincense. Um, and then after that, uh, walk around, do that energy. And then I either use um, a DNA solfigo sound frequency these days, or I'll use a, a Balinese bell that I've had for many years. So I give the choice to the client because it blesses the space then. It blesses the space and prepares it. So you've sort of got the property um, drummed up, as it were, clearing the space. You then protect it and psychically prepare it with the sage. And then you're blessing the space. So when you've got your empty space then on that fourth round, I like to rattle in the energy with, with my um, shamanic type rattles that I have. And then for the people that live in the house to put their blessings in of what they would like the house to bring them, how they see themselves in their future, you know, whether it's healthy, whether it's opportunities to come into their lives, whether they need relationships, whether they want children in their lives. So that's their opportunity to fill the house with what they want to create. Um, and then after that, then we do the blessing ceremony out in the, the garden or in the land, and I'll do the earth acupuncture. The earth acupuncture is really vital. And it's not just about doing the earth acupuncture willy nilly anywhere. You know, I go out with my dowsing rods and I find the meridians to do the earth acupuncture. So it's very much like uh, an acupuncturist would work on the human body. So where they, they don't go to the place where the pain is, where the problem spot is, they go and look for the meridian that's connected to that. And it's the same with the earth. You look for the earth meridians and that's where you can do your acupuncture. And that's where I normally do my offering as well to the earth. And there could be uh, one acupuncture point, there could be two, there could be three, depending on the size of the land and what's what's happening, actually. And then oh, I, I leave. 
I leave that to cook through, as it were. Mm -hmm. I do the rest of my feng shui consultation there as well. Yeah. But I guess now, if you're not able to do that in person, do you have to do something similar remotely then? Or use your intention? Well, it's, it's about getting the client involved. So I ask them, you know, what to do this certain ceremony that they can do. I advise them how they can do it for themselves and I'll help them and guide them and I'll tell them what I've done and then they'll do the, the space clearing bit and the ceremony afterwards of the offering. Mm -hmm. Okay, so there's still some aspects of the ceremony that, that can happen, even if you're not there. Yeah, and the feng shui part is getting to be quite critical now because the feng shui with the life areas, people need to know, you know how they can work with their best directions, especially with them working at home. So I give them the advice on their best directions, where the flying stars are for, for the current year, and um, obviously where, where they can sit and work. In, in an excellent place for them to be. So it's not just about having the uh, good energy spot to work on, which helps, but it's also about um, mitigating the, the feng shui to work with it as well. Absolutely. And um, why do you think some houses or some people attract spirits or entities? Is that something to do with their own energy? Well, this, this is um, an odd one, really, because people say, oh, they, they've got an attachment or they've attracted an energy. And what happens is that people can pick up negative energies when they don't personally do self-protection of psychic protection, you know, a bubble of liquid gold, grounding themselves to the earth and rooting themselves can make um, a huge difference to um to how they, their energies are. It can also be, you know, you could travel on the tube, the train, the bus, and you could pick something. up an energy from the yeah. person that sat there before. Yeah. Even somebody in the street can just knock you, knock your auric field, and you've picked up their vibration. But it's not necessarily a, an entity or a spirit. It can just be their energy. So you could pick up their, their depression, their negativity, and then that grows. Because if you are feeling um, not quite with it yourself, then that moss ball, as it were, that little cobweb can grow into a big cobweb and fester. So then you get like a tarry effect within you and then that grows in your house. Then you, you get these different effects then in your home. But it's not necessarily um, a being or an entity. It can be an energy that grows. And if you have a house that's not very happy, then the house will pick up on that and be more unhappy. Yes, absolutely. And I think we, Jackie Terrell and I spoke about this on the first episode and she also kind of gave her um, method of protection. Is there a particular method that you use to protect yourself when you go out? Well, I always um, ground and protect myself. So it's about connecting with my roots to Mother Earth, connecting to my heart energy, specifically with a pink bubble of light around my heart. And then I bring the energy up out into my auric field and bring a protective bubble of liquid gold around me. So I've got my roots connected to Mother Earth, heart energy up out through the crown, protective bubble of liquid gold. But then I fill it full of universal white light there's no good having an eggshell around you if it's empty. 
So you need to have it full of white light energy. And, and then by doing that, I will also open my, up my Akashic records as well for the day. Um, because I do work in the Akashic records and I find that if I'm attuned to the Akashic records of the house and the land, as well as my, myself, then I'm, I'm more attuned with the elementals and the spirit of place and the energy of place to work with it. Wonderful. So you mentioned just now you use dowsing rods. Do you use any pendulums as well? Well, I use the pendulum to map dows with, mm -hmm. to start with. So that's how I'd start off. I'd, I'd map dows using the pendulum and also to make my crystal grids. And some people find it quite difficult to use a pendulum accurately. Like, is there any advice that you can give them? Well, I do have videos on my YouTube channel that people can look at. It's about learning to dows. I think there's about 14 lessons there that people can look at um, called Dows in Made Easy. But the general aspect is that when I teach people to dows on my courses, I always teach them to hold their um, pendulum between their their thumb and first finger. So it's a, it's a bit like holding it like this. So all that empty bit of chain you take away. And I always recommend you just have that amount and make sure it is quite weighted. It does mm -hmm. need to be weighted. It's no good having something light. And then you just need to ask your questions, you know, please show me my yes. And then you, you bring it to still point and then please show me my no. And you must remember as well that your, your dowsing tool, your pendulum, is, um, is part of your body. So your body is the dowser. So you can use your body as the dowser and, you know, get your yes and your no just the same. It's about being confident. And you'll find that many dowsers these days um, only use the tools to show other people they're already picking it up in their body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I, I have a, I've, have, I've heard of people having like their own sort of yes, no um, reactions to say maybe like an itch in the year for yes. And like, a, I don't know, a heart palpitation for a no or something like that. Is that what you mean? Yes, they get tingly and, and mm -hmm. you know, there's different methods. You can use your hands, for instance. So, so you okay. can um, do yes, no, yes, no. So that's a very, very simple one. Okay, just for um, the listeners who are not looking at the video right now, that's uh, Vicky just did like a, a chain link with her two. So you chain link, you, you, you do your, your thumb and finger. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And you, you put it in between and you just, just ask something in your mind and, and you ask, should I be doing this now? No. <laughs> okay. Is it okay to do this now? Yes. Wow. Interesting. So it'll pull apart for yes and, yeah. and you'll stay stuck for no. I'm going to try this later on as well. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's all sorts of, of different things you can do. And I, I often do it in the supermarket if you're not sure about certain foods and things mm. like that, especially fish and, and prawns and where they've yes. come from. Sure. I'm, I'm often looking at the labels now as to where they've come from. So you can just check with with your body, you know, is, is this right for me? Should I be buying this? Should Isn't I it amazing, it? though, that our body has so much of wisdom and knowledge? Well, I, I was in the supermarket yesterday and it said organic milk. And I'm thinking, hmm, I picked it up, didn't feel right. And I'm thinking, 
no, that's not right for me. I'm going to put that back. So I put it back. I don't normally have milk, but I wanted to make some pancakes for next week. <laughs> I love pancakes. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I have to find some milk that is suitable. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about geopathic stress. And you mentioned as well electromagnetic frequencies. Mm -hmm. And you said that um, the electromagnetic frequencies are, did you say they're causing geopathic stress as well? The... No, they don't cause geopathic stress. What happens is that, that they cause trauma within the home. Mm -hmm. So what happens is when I'm dowsing the home and I'm picking up abnormal energies in the home, and it can come up as geopathic stress energy lines, but geopathic stress energy lines show you where the traumas are. So it's not necessarily always negative earth energies because it's the Hartman and Curry grid energies that I'm picking up. And it's the crossing points that are the most detrimental. So these crossing points actually show me where there are traumas in the home. And more often than not, I've been finding that it is where people put their Wi-Fi okay. boxes. It's where they've got the burglar alarm box. It's where they have their wireless phone hub. It can be where they have the baby's crib and they've got the baby monitor on and it's wireless. So all these things um, I've picked up by map dowsing. When I've got to the home and they've said, you know, they have problems with the baby sleeping and it's the child monitor rather than the geopathic stress that the child is, is becoming aware and feeling it within the body. So the electromagnetic fields, we are becoming more sensitive as human beings now to the energies around us. So whether it is earth energies, whether it's the energy from other people and it's the electromagnetic fields. Now being human beings, we like our technology and we, we like what it brings us because it keeps us connected. So we don't want to think that technology is harming us, but we need to be aware of how much we use the technology and where we sit in our homes so that it doesn't affect our way of thinking. Because Wi-Fi can interfere with our own um, chemical neurons within the body. It can affect your immune system. It can affect your brain and the way you're thinking. So it's about being aware that the technology has changed and not to be in the vicinity of where we've got our Wi-Fi hubs or anything else that is wireless. And I would recommend people changing back to an Ethernet cable system or a wired system within their homes. I've never changed. I've always stuck with the Ethernet cable and a wired system to my modem and a wired telephone. So no wireless hub systems because with more and more technology, it's getting more and more powerful. So it'll affect the whole of your home. So you need to be aware of that. But say if someone does live near a 5G mast or a telephone pole or things like that, what can be done? Well, I've been looking into this quite a bit because um, where I live, uh, I'm, I'm in touch wood, <laughs> quite a safe vicinity because it, you know, it's about tracking um, on site finder they've taken down now, but there are other sites where you can track your postcode and look to see where a, a Wi-Fi spot is or a telegraph pole. And you have to remember that they're hidden these days and the 5G is turning up on telegraph poles as little black boxes. 
um, they turn up as um, flagpoles and things like that and they can be hidden and people are unaware so when you are being affected and um, particularly when it's outside your bedroom window you know on a lamppost for instance you need to be aware to screen your windows particularly so you can get um, like a, a magnetic mesh um, uh, blinds which are protective that you can put on your windows like a roller blind the other thing I would recommend is, which I've done for myself, is have like a Faraday cage type on the corner of the wall or wherever you are uh, sitting or wherever that energy is coming in. And the Faraday cage is, it goes back eons. I remember my father talking about it in, in the 60s when I was a child. But it's basically a, a, like a metal wire fence. So it's a metal grid and you can just attach that to part, the part of your home that's being affected on the outside. Don't do it on the inside, you know, it'd look a bit silly, but do it on the outside. So there are methods that you can use. They don't always look attractive, but you know, it's um, what you can do to help you protect yourself. So what does the metal actually do um, to the, the EMFs, the electromagnetic uh, frequencies that are coming in? Well, it takes it into the mesh, so it prevents it from going any further. Okay. So it's going around the mesh, as it were. Mm -hmm. Does it transfer it down to the earth, or does it just sort of hold it in the no, mesh? No, it transfers it down to the earth, okay. because you must grid it into the earth. I see. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. And what about when people choose homes? Should they be avoiding um, 5G masts? Well, it's not so much the, the electromagnetic frequencies and, and the 5G these days, because people still want their technology. But I am suggesting to people that they find themselves a property that has green trees, bushes, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. Grow plenty of green stuff within your, your, bound, your home boundaries. That is the best protection that you can have is Mother Nature. Um, bring into your energy field as well, eating green foods. You know, connect it to Mother Earth as much as you can. You know, touch the earth, go for walks in nature. Because the, the more you can get out in your environment, away sometimes from these polluted areas, <clears throat> then your body can have time to recover. But the main thing is, is to protect your energy field when you go to bed at night. Mm -hmm. Switch the Wi-Fi off, switch anything off that you possibly can and don't have um, <clears throat> TVs or anything else in the bedroom. You know, have a free zone that is a place where you can have restful sleep and your body can recuperate fully because it's at night that your immune system recovers and repairs your body. And also, I, I do like to do a meditation every day for my body. When I do my grounding meditation, I also connect to my own body through my heart and send that universal white light to parts of my body that need extra healing and rebalancing. And I always bring that, that white light into those areas. And it does work. Doing it every day, your body will repair itself and get stronger and stronger. Absolutely. So we can repair ourselves. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, our bodies are absolutely amazing. And it's... Uh it has the ability to to bring to to balance itself out 
it is incredible. It certainly does. It certainly does. You know, and we're intelligent beings and we've got to go back to, to how we were and not not rely on, on other people to fix us, but we fix ourselves. Because <laughs> we know, we know what's right for us. It's like when the animals go out in nature, they know exactly uh, what grass or herb that they need to eat to make themselves well again. Absolutely. It's, uh, it is so fascinating that they have this intelligence and they're so connected to their, their natural instincts still. That's true. Okay, Vicky, so we, um, we're going to be finishing off soon, but before, before we, we, we say goodbye, can you give us your juiciest space clearing story? Juiciest one? Well, it's, it's one of my, my very um, beginning stories, really, because it was, um, I used to have all sorts of weird and wonderful things happen to me when I first started on, on, on the journey. Um, it's like the universe threw the hardest thing back at me to, to see if I'd be scared off or not, but I wasn't. It made me want to do it more. And um, this one particular person, he, he came from North Wales um, and he lived with his family in his, in his farmhouse. And um, he came to me because he was really at the end of his tether. He didn't know what to do. He was losing his company. He had no contracts. His home was going to go. Um, his family life wasn't really very, very good. And uh, could I do something? And at that time, I think it was winter. Uh, so I worked remotely with him. So I got the floor plans of his home, mapped out, did the geopathic stress. Um, I clo closed an energy portal that was within his home. It's where the piano sat and um, his son was also going to school at that time and he could feel the energies and very sensitive. And as I worked with the energies of land, because he had a, a large amount of land and it was, it was um, very unusual because I worked with um, a wood nymph. A wood nymph came in and she worked with me with the land and I had all these elementals, they would come I could see them running along the fields and um, this guy would go out um, in the evenings and he would um, take pictures of all the orbs and send them back to me as we were working with the land. It did take um, a week or so uh, working each day with the energy of the land, with the elementals and, and with this wood nymph because it was a large project. And he had something to, that he had to do. And they gave him that he had to light four bonfires. And it was in particular areas of this land. And at this time, it snowed. It was just before Christmas and it snowed. It was icy. So imagine he had a hard task to light these bonfires, but he did it. And he cleared the land because smoke is purification. It will purify the land and everything that's going on in his life. And we also worked um, on the inside of his home as well. So as we did that, and the wood nymph was instructing me as to what to do each day. But just as we got to the most powerful point coming to the end of lighting the last bonfire, I couldn't get, I didn't hear from him. And um, my tree lights blew out at home, my Christmas tree lights. Oh gosh. And I had a, 
a funny phone call that the children, uh, my son picked it up, I remember, and he said, Mum, this is for you. And I said, what do you mean it's for me? Oh, it's one of those funny phone calls, he said, and he, where they're going, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked it up and I could hear, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, that's a warning to, to leave it alone. But I didn't leave it alone. I, I carried on, on working and um, I couldn't get hold of this guy all week. And he came back to me five days later and he said his power lines had gone down. And as he tried to drive his Land Rover off the land, three of his tires blew out. Wow. So he couldn't even get off the land. <laughs> and he thought, this is the end of the world. <laughs> <laughs> There's some seriously strong energy trying to stop him then. It, it was very strong energy. And he lit that last bonfire that night and it just finished that purification. Wow. And five days later, he connected with me and he'd got his electric back on, he'd got the tires fixed. And all of a sudden, the contracts had started coming in again. Wow. He'd got three contracts that came in that week. Amazing. His, his, his wife and son felt better, the house felt better. And it was like, wow, what did you do, Vicky? But it wasn't me, it was working with the energy of the land yes, and, and yes. the wood nymph, the elementals. And he had to give his offerings as well because he had to go out with the bonfires, give the food offerings and, and do them at certain times of the day, certain times of the week and be in tune. He had also, which he admitted to, had not told me in the beginning, but he'd buried lots of rubble on the land, which the land had been disgruntled about. So he so when he'd renovated the house, there's old toilets there, old brickwork. He'd just dug it back into the land. I see. So I, said, I said to him he had to remove every single particle that he'd buried there. So very important not to buy a house that's built on landfill. <laughs> and very important not to throw the junk from the house back into the land. You know, it's very important to keep that land energy clean and pure because he had to remove every single scrap of what he'd put into that land, purify it, cleanse it. And then we had to work with the energies of the land to neutralize it, grow it. And then he had to plant trees then afterwards to regenerate the land properly, reseed it. So that, that was a very powerful um, wow. job. And that's what made me go more and more and, and deeper into it. And I'm thinking that, wow, this is something. Absolutely. Vicky, thank you so much for sharing that. That's a really powerful yeah. story. Oh, thank you for allowing me to share it. Yeah, absolutely. It's wonderful. Um, and I, I imagine you probably have a lot of these stories that you could share with us. Um, loads. I'm, I've, I've got them all written, but I haven't. <laughs> You put them into a book so one one day one day i think you need to publish this book vicky um i think people will be really interested in hearing um well maybe this year maybe this year yeah we'll look out for that then vicky thank you so much for joining this podcast can you tell our audience how they can find you they can find me on my website um vickysweetlove.com or they can find me on uh, fengshuilife.co.uk. And I also have another uh, website called internationaldowser.com uh, where I work with a, a lot of artists and I do water dowsing and archaeology dowsing, earth energy dowsing. 
and that will tell me tell people a bit more about how I douse the rivers of London as well. Wonderful. And if people wanted to learn more about dowsing, if if they wanted you to teach them, are you having any courses um, that um, that people could join? Yes, um, I've got coming up um, Feng Shui Foundation course that's coming up in April. I do space clearing and earth alchemy courses as one uh, next weekend. And it's a practitioner course as well. So people can join up module one and, and two and three because they're different modules. Uh, they can do them in any order. Um, and I do dowsing for health. So there's many, many other courses I, I do as well, like the Akashic Records. And the Akashic Records of Place is a particular one that I do, um, which is part of a practitioner course again. And it helps people to gain insights into the energies of the place from the Akashic Records. That's really interesting. Is that very different from connecting to the heart of the space? It's very, it's very different, very different. Because um, what we do is we open up the Akashic Records of the place before we go there. We'll also douse on the property before we get there. And then the place itself will show us what we need to know. And we'll be in tune um, with the energy of the place as well. So when I take my students out, we'll, we'll go to various places. We went to um, the Hendrix and Handel Museum last year, which was really amazing because um, it's a house just off Bond Street. And um, the energy in the Handel Museum was totally different to the energy in the Hendrix part of it even though it was the same house. Okay, wow. The one felt vibrant and one felt very lonely. And you'd think the vibrant one would be Handel, but it wasn't. He was actually a very lonely, energetic man. Wow. Whereas um, Hendrix, very powerful and, um, you know, a lot of energy in, in there. So very, very different. That's so interesting. So yeah, you need to have you on for an, for another show. That's like just to continue on just from that. <laughs> Vicky, thank you so much for um, sharing your vast knowledge and wisdom on this show. It was so interesting. I'm gonna go check out your website because I'm very I'm, I'm sold now on your courses, and okay. I hope people listening will also check out your website as well and get in touch with you. Thank you so much, Vicky, for, um, again, for, for joining us, joining this podcast. Oh, thank you for asking me. It's been an enjoyable experience. Thank you. you are, you're very, very welcome, Vicky. Mm. And uh, take care. And thank you so much for our audience as well for listening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Feng Shui Society podcast and for being such a supportive audience. You can find out more about the Feng Shui Society at www fengshuisociety.org.uk Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter which is packed full of interesting and useful feng shui hints and tips and you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Join us again next month as we continue to explore feng shui even further.